Okay, so this is podcast number two. And time to get the proverbial show on the road. I don't have any fancy backup music or anything in back, but that's okay. We get right to the facts here. So what I want to talk about this is called the either or trap. Hmm, what does that mean? The either or trap. So don't get stuck in the either or trap. And a lot of this comes from, I've, again, I say this not to sort of probably pe- people to sleep, if anything, but to, I've been doing this for 25 years. Okay, this is simply what I do, what I've done, what I'm familiar with. It's one, one thing I'm actually pretty good at. And, you know, the difference between, I've collectively in my career managed about $2 billion in assets. Well, that means I was responsible for getting that, that those monies, if you will, from one point to another, protecting them. And they all had a certain an objective. And it was a pension plan. It was making sure that we had met the assumed interest rate. So my point is this. Forget about what I did, but let me ask you a question. What is your objective with your money? In other words, you've saved this money for your, say you're in your 50s, maybe not, or let's say you're in your 40s or whatever. So the question you have to ask yourself, what is the actual goal of this money? Hmm? Is it to say that I did outperformed the S&P, I did this, that, the other? Is it to say that this did better than Bitcoin, or this earned X percent? And sometimes we get stuck in this, do I buy this, or do I buy that, do I buy this, or do I buy that? And the question we have to ask yourself is, what is your objective? What is your purpose for this money? I mean by that is that in, in me growing up in this industry, I got involved when I was actually like 19, and I'm in my 50s, do the math, right? <laughs> but the thing was, is that there was always the insurance side versus the securities. My securities, I mean stocks, bonds, mutual funds side, and people would always try to pin one versus the other. And usually that came from, as a matter of where people would work, where they were employed, what their message was, what they were indoctrinated with, right? So people that grew up working for, let's say, State Farm or... or um, insurance company versus on the other side, I was an intern for Dean Witter back when they worked for Morgan Stanley. So we were always, oh, anti-insurance. Blah, blah, blah. And the real sad thing, I guess, is why I said don't get stuck, is that it's a trap is because when you get down to it, right, when you're coming through all of this, this accumulation period, when you're saving all your money, is that there's a part on each side that will serve you. In other words, so for example... Let's say I get to retirement and I've got $2 million saved up, right? Well, I don't want to think that I have to be stuck with only this or only that, right? And people will throw this word around a lot. They'll use the word, you ever hear the word fiduciary? <laughs> it gets bastardized a lot because people don't realize what they don't, they don't know what they don't know. And the reality is, is that if you're a real expert, right, and your client says, hey, I want to ha- I want this, I want to have, when I retire, I want to have a certain amount of my money, that's going to produce a guaranteed paycheck for life, guaranteed income that never goes away, no matter what the market does, that's going to fall on the insurance side, which is great. Now, you would never take all of their money and throw it into an insurance product. You just wouldn't do that. You don't need to. And then the rest, the other part of it is the other half, maybe, or whatever the case might be, is you'd put towards things like the stock market. But because you have this over here solved for, you can do that. Because we all know the best way to grow long-term money is usually in the stock market for most people. 
Now, it doesn't mean that you don't put it into your own business or you don't put it in a little bit into Bitcoin, maybe 1% to 5%. But the problem, my point here is that we get stuck in this, either I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Let me tell you something. This is going to sound a bit arrogant. If it does, it's okay. I don't care. Because I get tired of hearing... Well, here's two things I get tired of. Number one is people overpromise. For example, they use a bunch of hypotheticals. Well, this, 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 and that happens. If that happens, we don't, we can't go on hypotheticals. We have to go on guarantees, insurance products, and much more concrete things. When we get the older, we get we can take less and less risk. So the problem is that if you're on this side of the ledger, if you grew up working for an asset-based firm, you're not very familiar with what insurance products can and can't do. So you'll misrepresent them in the sense of you're being a quote-unquote fiduciary when you're really not. Okay, so here's what I'm trying to put this down to, down to actually down to brass tacks. Okay, so if I were came across a client, which I do very often, let's say it's an older older widow, she has two million dollars, right? Two million dollars from inheritance or whatever her husband or she saved herself, and let's say she's got three thousand social security, right? Good for her, that's awesome. But her expenses are six thousand dollars a month. So I have to solve for $3,000, right? I need to make sure she's got guaranteed lifetime income of $3,000. Now, I'm not going to use the whole $2 million towards an insurance product, but probably I'm going to use maybe half of that because if she's, let's say she's 70 years old, very possible she'll live another 25 years. So she doesn't want to worry about the gyration of the stock market, the volatility. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a portion of that and we're going to offload the risk from her back and worrying about, oh my God, the stock market's going to crash, blah, 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 and we're going to put it on the insurance company. All of it, no. Maybe just maybe whatever that whatever we want to whatever we're going to solve for. Okay, that she has the gap, their income gap. We're going to solve that with a guarantee, right? And that's going to allow her to sleep better at night, allow her to make sure she gets her check every month, and she can't outlive that, right? So we would now we would take what's left over from that right? Let's say it's a million dollars and put it into more growth, long-term oriented things that will help cover inflation. It'll grow. But and if it, the market goes down, we don't care. You know why? Because we have our guaranteed, our guarantee taken care of, right? So <clears throat> um, just to get back to what we're saying here is that, um, <laughs> on my notes here, I, I thought it would get better. It won't be perfect. But um Again, it's it's really you have to look at your money as one and you save it, the accumulation phase is one side. Then when you you retire in distribution phase, okay, as a whole different side. But the point again is this each side, whether it's asset based or insurance based, will solve a certain problem. You want this money to go to work to do a certain job. Get it out of your head of oh I'm gonna only do insurance, I'm only gonna do this. And you've got to find someone who's really competent, okay? Um, and I mentioned people throw the word fiduciary around all the time. They do it, and they do it, and they do it. And I've seen people completely bastardize certain products. And those products, if they're designed the right way, okay, with competence and with care, they'll serve you better than anything else possibly could. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there. And put a little put a pause here, and then next week I'm actually going to talk about how certain products solve for 
certain risk. And we have risks to worry about, like liquidity risks, inflation risks, volatility risks, longevity risks. What is longevity risk? That's living too long, outliving your money. Who wants to live to, say, for example, you're 90 years old, you're healthy, you're still going, right? And you're like, wow, I only solved, I was supposed to live to 85. Well, there's things you can do to solve that, okay? So we're going to talk about what products are better for or solve different risks. And again, if you're working with somebody who just looks at one side of the ledger, ledger, you're getting the short end of the stick. <laughs> okay, so hope this helps. Not I'm not selling anything here. It's more of a consumer awareness or advocacy for investing. And um, I need to get some some good outgo music as well too. So signing off. Have a great weekend. Until then, I'm out. <laughs>